Welcome. You are listening to the Park Avenue Synagogue Podcast, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's better to hear it live, this is a place to catch the latest sermon, conversation, and select program. If you like what you're hearing or want to learn more about our community, check out PASYN.org. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get a notification for our next episode. Enjoy and see you in shul. Rabbi, I'm Richie Torres. He did not grow up as a Jew, but he has a home in the Jewish community, ours and beyond. His life is a life of Torah, a voice of reason, conscience, and moral clarity. Many of us heard him speak at Tuesday's rally in D.C. What an honor it is for us to hear from him this evening. Please join me in welcoming Congressman Torres. It's moments like these when I wish my mother was here. Um, And Rabbi, thank you for paying me the greatest compliment that one could pay me by conferring on me the title of Rabbi. Uh, When I found out that uh, Congressman George Santos was no longer seeking re-election, I said I'm the sole surviving Jewish gay Latino congressman from New York. Uh, And normally I would point out that my local rabbi calls me Richie Torah, but everyone heard that joke on Tuesday. So, You know, I'm often asked, you know, why is a black Latino congressman from the Bronx so outspoken against anti-Semitism? And I'm often offended by the premise of the question. Because for me, the premise, the right question is not why am I outspoken? The right question is why have others chosen silence in the face of anti-Semitism? You know, throughout history, there were Jewish Americans who gave their lives for the cause of civil rights. There were Jewish Americans like Andrew Goodman and Michael Schwerner who were murdered in the Mississippi burning so that black Americans like myself can vote freely and live freely unencumbered by the cruelty of Jim Crow. And so for me, the lesson of history is that we're all in this together. We all have an obligation to fight anti-Semitism and extremism, no matter what form it takes and no matter what direction from which it comes. And that obligation is not only based on the particular identities that we possessed, it is based on something more fundamental, more universal, which is our common humanity. And for me, October 7th, the terror attacks of October 7th were a barbaric assault, not only on the Jewish state, but on our collective and common humanity. And I will stand unequivocally for Israel's right not only to defend itself, but to defend our common humanity and our common civilization. You know, when I'm speaking to my constituents, most of whom are not Jewish, and I'm explaining to them the significance of October 7th, 
I tell them, imagine if American homes had been invaded and American civilians and children had been murdered and maimed on American soil and American babies had been butchered and American bodies had been mutilated and 260 young Americans were gunned down at a New York City festival and thousands of rockets were fired into American communities. I tell my constituents, could you imagine how you would feel in the face of such incomprehensible terror? How would you expect your government to respond to defend you and the people you love? You know, few people can imagine the overwhelming grief and shock and trauma that is so deeply and broadly felt not only in Israel, but in the Jewish community worldwide. And for me, this is not about geopolitics. This is not about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. This is fundamentally about human decency. It is indecent to blame the victims of terrorism rather than the terrorists themselves. It is indecent to glorify the terrorism of Hamas as resistance or liberation or decolonization. It is indecent to tear down images of the hostages and to promote images of the paragliders who gunned down young, innocent Israeli civilians. And times like these remind me of a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King who said that history will record that the greatest tragedy is not the strident clamor of the bad people, but it's the appalling silence of the good people. And what we have seen from public officials, from college and university presidents, by the way, I've never been more happy to be a college dropout. <laughs> when people ask me, why are you so pro-Israel? I said, it's because I dropped out of college. But uh, Just go to the right college. Um, but what we have seen from the so-called leaders of our society is nothing but appalling cowardice and indifference and silence in the face of barbaric anti-Semitism. And if we as a society cannot condemn the butchering of Israeli babies with moral clarity, then what are we becoming as a society? What does that reveal about the depth of anti-Semitism in the American soul? And so for me, there's been an awakening in the Jewish community, but there needs to be a reckoning in the broader American society with the ever-deepening rot of anti-Semitism on social media, in the political arena, in every aspect of American life. You know, in Congress, we are engaged in a debate about whether there should be a ceasefire. Of course, no one ever called for a ceasefire with the Nazis and Imperial Japan during World War II. No one ever called for a ceasefire with Al-Qaeda and the Taliban during 9-11. And no one called for a ceasefire with ISIS. So why are we treating Israel any differently from any other country on earth? And I will state today what I stated on Tuesday, that those who insist that Israel should no longer defend itself in the face of a genocidal terror threat are holding the Jewish state to a dangerous and deadly double standard that no other country, including the United States, 
would ever impose on itself. Uh, and so you can count on me to be unwavering in my support. You know, when I spoke at the National Mall, which was an overwhelming experience, I noted that 2023 is both the 75th anniversary of Israel and the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington. And the words, I have a dream, reminds me that the Jewish people have long had a dream of Jewish emancipation through a Jewish state. For me, Israel is the realization of a dream that brings to life the words, never again. It's the realization of a dream that has given refuge to millions of Jews across the world. And mark my words, it's the realization of a dream that will live on for the next 75 years and beyond. I'm Israel High. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Synagogue podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about our community, check out PASYN.org. See you in shul. Hallelujah.